Hello, I'm Ramey. And this is Dakota. And you're listening to Leveling Duo, the podcast where two friends talk about video games that they really enjoyed or are coming out and they're really excited about. Just mm-hmm. video games in general. So what are we talking about today? Ah, yes. Finally, we are talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Awesome. Yes. Well, I'm not going to go into the story because I haven't complained at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm going, uh, I guess, a little bit into it. So I'll tell you when the spoilers are really going to start. Mostly we're just going to talk about the game itself, like the how it's played. Obviously, it's the third game, but you don't really need to play the other ones to play it. Mm-hmm. What do you know about it, by the way? Uh, Pretty much uh, just the gist of it, other than just a few uh, TikToks here and there that I've inadvertently seen. Uh, essentially, it's a video game that is uh, heavily influenced and based on D&D. Uh, in the world and the mechanics. As far as the story itself, I know that you start off as a prisoner on a uh, lithid ship. Not a Lloyd. Yes, uh, essentially uh, mind flayers. Yep. And you are infected with a parasite that will eventually turn you into one if something is not done. And essentially, along with the scope of D&D, uh, essentially the story is based on the uh, choices that you make along the way. And Oh boy, are there choices. So many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of any game that I can think of that has more choices and different ways, different outcomes from the same mission. It's as open as it gets. And just like D&D, you can pretty much shove anything you want in your pocket, no matter what the size. A lot of game masters don't cover that. They just say you're carrying weight. So put what you want in there. I found myself shoving corpses in my pocket and boxes in my pocket. There's a few very small rules that aren't the same, like the number of actions you can take as or bonus actions and uh, stuff like that. And it's a weird thing. You could jump and then get extra movement speed mm-hmm. after you jump because it doesn't take as much action, many action points to jump. So you get a little bit more than your standard 30 feet. Another thing that came over from D&D is the character creation. And oh boy, there's not as many as there are in 5e now, but there is a lot of classes and race options. Backgrounds, what do they call them? I think they're called race in Baldur's Gate, but we mm-hmm. call them uh, lineages. Is that what they're called? Lineages or bloodlines. Something like, I can't remember what they're called now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have chosen a tiefling. Mm. I'm a tiefling tempest cleric. Not surprising. I love my tempest clerics and I didn't want to play a dwarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course, I got my companions from the Nod of Lloyd before we crashed. The few spoilers I will have are early game, like the first area, mainly the tutorial mission, pretty much, when you're on the Nod of Lloyd, a little bit right after that, mm-hmm. if I want to spoil anything, because that stuff is just all over. If you're, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen that, like you said, on TikTok or mm-hmm. something. The, the, the intro pretty much covers that in the trailers. <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly familiar with like the options that you have in the beginning of different things that you can do, but can't you get a... Uh intellect devourer the very first thing you do you come across on the nautiloid is a person strapped to a chair with his brain hanging out asking you to help it out and you can get an intellect devourer by you can even cripple it if you want to but really there's no need to mm-hmm. that i've seen because it doesn't turn on you they say cripple it so it's easier to control it's an option for dexterity check i believe or a medicine check mm-hmm. maybe both and um i didn't do it because once the nautiloid crashes you i don't think you even encountered the same one again it's, hmm. I think it died in the crash. I'm not sure. There's a lot of things about the game I don't know yet when it comes to replay ability or hunting down things. Hmm. But yeah, there's an intellect devourer that helps you out because it thinks you're a thrall because you have that tadpole in your head turning you into a mind flare. As per the lore. Yeah. And you could even press a button on the nautiloid on a console that will turn somebody near you into a mind flare. Like in a capsule, they turn into a mind flare and then give you 
murderous glares from their pod. Mm. When you're building your character, you can make all kinds of... There's a few faces to pick through. It's not really as customizable as a lot of Bethesda games when it comes to your facial features, but you are going to be a pretty good distance away from your character, mm-hmm. being the kind of game it is, you know. You ain't going to see it up close until you go to the menu or something. You could choose nudity. There is nudity. Interesting. If you choose. You don't have to. Mikey, when he's playing with Scott, I see him running through camp naked all the time. Mm. You can choose to befriend most people, or I've seen them. I don't do it. They go through like a murder hobo style, murdering everything in their path. Mm -hmm. If you've played 5e, you pretty much pick up pretty quick what it is. Scott's playing a necromancy wizard. Again. Again. No surprise. But I can see how fun it is now. It's much more visualized now. Yeah. He kills things, shoves them in his pocket, and then travels back to camp and stores them until he's running out of corpses to summon during the middle of the battle. Or he can drop things. You can drop things as a free action out of your pocket. He just drops a corpse out, reanimate, because it's hmm. instant in this, unlike it takes a bit of time with uh, some of the spells in actual 5e. It's just instant. You just summon a corpse and mm-hmm. make it a zombie. And so you have that. Also, it works in reverse. You go up against a necromancer eventually. Mm-hmm. And there's corpses about for him to keep reanimating. But you go around and collect those corpses and throw them in your pocket. He ain't got nothing to reanimate. Spend some of your action just pocket some people. There's a little bit cheesy things like that you could do. You could also carry crates around. Drop those off and use them to climb places you shouldn't. So you have a pocket full of crates. Mm-mm. For a while after it came out, people were carrying around pocketfuls of uh, exploding barrels. So they could just litter an area with some. And because it's a video game, the characters don't ask, Why are you uh, surrounding me in explosive barrels before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> combat <laughs> breaks <laughs> um, and they just take out everybody that way but it's I don't do that that's what they do Scott and Mike that's the kind of stuff they get into I do also enjoy all the dialogue everybody's voice acted that I came across even the animals can speak to animal um, good yeah. yeah there's a lot of alchemy options I figured you would like that oh yeah so do they have like all the quote unquote current classes and subclass features or is it pretty much just like a select Okay, let me let me read off a few. I'm going to look them up because I can't remember all of them by heart. You know, there's a Tempest mm-hmm. Cleric, obviously. There's, I think, um, the core rule books, wizards in there. Mm-hmm. All the wizards. So you do have the barbarian, the bard, the cleric, the druid, mm-hmm. the fighter, the monk, the paladin, the ranger, the rogue, the sorcerer, the warlock, and the wizard. Like his artificer class? I didn't know. I think they were making the game before it became a... Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you have barbarian, berserker, wildheart. Wild magic. Mm-mm. You have the druid, the land moon, and spore. Oh, spore. I mm. didn't remember. I didn't know this was spore. I'd have taken it. Mm. Uh, the fighter, battle master, eldritch knight, champion. The ranger, hunter, beast master, gloom stalker. The rogue, arcane trickster, assassin, and thief. Those are kind of nice. Uh, the sorcerer, wild magic, draconic, and storm sorcery. The bard, lore, valor, and sword. And monk, open hand, shadows, and four elements. You like a shadow, don't you? Or did you like open hand? Which one do you like? Personally, I mean, I like all the monk subclasses. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I always kind of like the idea of it, like having rule sets to where instead of multiclassing, you could like multiclass by taking a second subclass. Uh huh. You can multiclass in this, by the way. Did I mention that? Did you uh, know that? Uh, you did not, I believe, but that does make sense to me. Like, I wonder if there's going to be very specific requirements to multi-class, if they're going to be a little bit more specific, or if it's literally just going to be, you just have to have the right stats. Well, in 5e, you do have to have a little bit of the right stats. I know there's a way to do it, and I found the way to do it, and I'll explain that in a minute, but I haven't done it, so I can't go into too much detail about it. Okay. Um, the, also, the Warlock has Archfey, Fiend, and Great Old One. I was a hair's breadth away. From taking the great old one instead of my cleric. Now, the paladin's got quite a few. Paladin's got uh, Ancestors, Devotion, 
Vengeance and Oathbreaker. Mm. Mikey played an Oathbreaker for a while, his first playthrough. And you got the Wizard, Abjuration, Conjuration, Divination, Enchantment, Evocation, Necromancy, Illusion, and Transmutation. Pretty much all the different schools. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how Divination works. Yeah. That would be interesting, because I mean, like, in most parties, like, typically, a uh, Divination Wizard's more of a support character. Mm-hmm. Cleric. Knowledge, which wasn't in the Coral book. It was in the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide first, I believe. So, not all of them. Of course, that's one of the earlier books to come out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life. If they didn't have life, it wouldn't be a cleric. <laughs> Light, nature, tempest. That's me. Trickery and war. Mm-mm. Nature. I like nature clerics as well, oddly enough. Now, when you mentioned multiclassing, mm-hmm. I found a nice little uh, character in... Mm-hmm. I was in this tomb in the first level, like the first place you actually come across when you get crashed the Nautiloid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should also say, the Nautiloid takes a small trip as a being an interdimensional traveling thing. It takes a small trip through the first layer of the Nine Hells by accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Mind Flayers have to deal with the you know who I'm talking about, like the greener elves with the pointy ears. And- yeah, I know, uh, was it Goth? Uh, hold on, I have Gith? a... Gith? Gith. Gith. Uh, Gith. There's a Gith that's giant hippo people. There's also Gith Yankee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Once you go through the Nine Hells um, and take on some fairly weak imps and some not weak, more devilish creatures that look like people, mm. you... Uh, you get home, you crash. Then the first place you come across, you find one of your fellow cellmates, I guess, kind of, whoever mm-hmm. was on the ship with you, called Shadowheart. She's a high elf cleric, and she'll travel with you since you work together and you both have the same problem of a worm getting ready to take over your body. Mm-hmm. And then you find this tomb. Soon, if you can get inside the tomb, you can find some nice loot. And just eventually, you activate a sarcophagus because you're looting things. That's what you do in D&D. Mm-hmm. and it wakes up all the skeletons in the area. You take out the skeletons, go touch the coffin again, and a dude pops out of it. A withered old dude with like gold inlays in his face wrinkles. His name is Withers, and he goes to wait for you at your camp you can go to overnight and take your short and long rests. Mm-hmm. And Withers is the respect man. He's also the resurrection dude if one of your party members die. Okay. I, I suspect he serves a god of death being dead, you know? Yeah. And I like his name, Withers. And he seems to have like some sort of insight. I haven't gotten too far into his story, so I don't have a clue mm. what he's all about. Now, I didn't watch any spoilers for the game. I just watched hints and tricks stuff, the things that tell me all the wild things I should do and things that feel too cheesy to do. Yeah, you can multiclass there with him. I don't exactly know. Uh, he, since he's a respect, you can respect and multiclass at the same time. Hmm. I don't know. Like I'd probably end up respecting a lot whenever I finally get a chance to sit down and play. I want to have as many different story options as possible. And the best way to do that, I think, is to play multiple stories of different classes and in different ways. But that's just me. I don't know about multiclassing because the only thing I'd want a multiclass to do right now is to keep myself from buying speak to animal potions. Mm-hmm. I'd play a nature cleric or a druid or something like that. Well, I mean, like even but even as a Tempest cleric, though, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's in the cleric spell list to speak with animals. Yeah, but I haven't got it yet. <laughs> ah. Probably not high enough level. Yeah. Well, also near Wither's tomb, I found the necklace. It casts uh, Speak of Dead. Mm-hmm. And if you are the one who killed them, a lot of times they won't speak to you. The corpse has nothing to say to you, is what it says. <laughs> I watched Scott cast Speak of Animals in there and was talking to some buffalo or something. I think uh-huh. it was a buffalo. Bison? I don't really know. And they were complaining that some of the people in camp were putting metal bits in their food. So that was kind of sad. Damn. Yeah. He also spoke to a squirrel, but the squirrel talked to him before he could cast the spell. I would take that as like initiative <laughs> or something. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, there's goblins. You come across Volo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's in a goblin camp. Hmm. He can he- try to help you fix your tadpole problem. Interesting. A bit of a spoiler. You let him out to fix the tadpole problem. He can't fix it. Instead, he pulls your eyeball out, 
then he walks over, and you could choose to stop him there, and reinsert your eyeball, I guess. But if you don't stop him, he pulls out an ice pick and comes at you after you pass all the checks. He says, I couldn't fix it, but I did get you this as an apology for taking your eye out after you saved me. And he gives you a, a silver eye that sees invisible things within like 30 feet around you. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Um, spoiler. Like I said, I said it before I said that. Spoilers. Spoiler, but it's it's nice to know. I think his name is Velo Van Thrump or something like that. Hmm. Slightly eccentric person. Yeah. If you don't know why that's a big deal to us, it's because he has a bunch of books. He's a fairly big figure in the lore. Yeah. <laughs> you come across him in Chult as well during Tomb of Horrors. Now, there is a bit of a suspense to the story mm-hmm. because of the impending mind flare Invasion. Yeah, well, turning. Yeah. <laughs> You're turning into one. Uh, everybody's trying their best to get you. You come across a bunch of other people who help you enjoy you. I'll mention them later because some of them might be a little bit spoilery too. Mm-hmm. But all of them have personalities and good backstories. I mean, even the, the NPCs or the non-companions, they have a story. It's kind of like a Bethesda game. They have a little bit of lore around them, like a diary in their house or something like that. Mm-hmm. But these people, all voice actors, just tell you what you want to know all about it. You could read, cast, read thoughts on them and pick up more about it. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how they would do that. Did they do it well? Larian Game Studios makes Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. I should probably mention that, yeah. They also made uh, Divinity and Divinity Original Sin 2. Both good games. They're very good games. I find the rules to this a little bit more easy for me to follow because I kind of know how D&D works already. Mm-hmm. So I don't... Does it seem like it's fairly like streamlined to where it isn't like... Oh, yes. Like... I mean, like, realistically, like, it doesn't seem like it takes forever to do something or, no. or contemplate on something. No, it does not. It's um, it's very quick for me to do anything. Uh, there's a whole menu at the bottom of all your spells and actions and all that. I had to turn off a setting that will automatically call karmatic dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been doing particularly well, your sketch is particularly high, it will roll poorly to help to make the game more difficult for you. I cut that off. I want standard rolls the way the game was intended. Don't be fudging them up or down because of the way I've been doing things. Yeah. Like, if, if you're really just that down on your luck, then maybe you're just that down on your luck. Yeah. And don't make it me get down on my luck because I've been lucky. That, that yeah. does it both ways. So you also crit more often against you. It has a double-edged sword, and it just don't seem... I didn't want to take part in that. A lot of people recommend you cut it off. I did. Also, I went to all my reaction settings in my inventory and turned off auto-react. It will automatically reuse your reaction if something takes place. Instead, it'll ask me now if I want to do it. So I slowed it down a little bit for myself because mm-hmm. uh, it would be more streamlined if you don't want to do that. I want the option to not use a reaction in case I want to use the reaction for something else later in that same turn. Mm-hmm. If you play D&D, you understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. The stories so far, I haven't seen it a problem of mine and I've heard everybody say it won game of the year for a reason. It's a really good game. You have so many different paths you could take. You could be good, bad. Uh, you could do a solo if you want. I've seen people do solo attempts at the game mm-hmm. or talk about their time doing it. And a lot of your companions that will normally be companions will show up multiple times and try to give you a, another chance to, you sure you don't want to travel with me? Mm-hmm. So it's not easy to be evil. I find the more detailed the NPCs are, the harder it is to play an evil character. Yeah. Because you feel more like, because I'm not a monster in real life. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't think I am. You come across so many intelligent monsters. It ain't like a lot of games where you come across, if it's a monster, it's a monster. Uh, you find one out of the blue who's going to be nice. You could talk to almost anything in this if you have the skills to do so, even if they don't speak normally. Hmm. I was invited into a goblin camp. Even in D&D, that's not the easiest thing to accomplish. Mm-mm. But there I was, in a goblin camp. Saving Velo. Also, I let them brand me. Okay. And one whipped me. One, a guy whipped me. Yeah. It also gave me a, a buff. But I haven't heard this kind of voice acting in a long, long time. I know Starfield has got good voice acting, but this game is sticks out in a you, crowd. 
Like, you can tell that they really took the time and made the game. Yeah. I think that's a thing. Their studio in general always had pretty good voice acting. I wonder just how many voice actors they employed to do the game. I have no idea how many voice actors. The spells are beautiful. You always kind of want to see how magic works in D&D, and they Mm -hmm. do that well. Firebolt, Tasha's Hideous Laughter, Crown of Madness, they all work as you would expect. uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, just did a quick Google search as most of us will do. And the first thing that pops up says that apparently there was a total of 248 actors. That's a lot. I think think it's a lot compared to most games. And they were also involved with everything from the mocap suits to track movements, gestures, physical choices, and uh, basically everything. Wow. Yeah, so all the actors didn't just contribute just their voice. They contributed uh, a, a lot more. Well, I really want to thank the one who done a starian. That guy's great. <laughs> I handed my wizard friend, Gail, yeah. a human wizard, I handed him a scroll or two that I picked up, and he learned them for some gold, just mm. like he would in D&D. Not bad. Yeah, I handed it to him. I said, I clicked on it and said, learn spell, because I didn't know it was a thing you could do. I knew that's how it worked in D&D, but I didn't know if that would carry over into the Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. One of the few things I might have had to sacrifice. But no, they do it. And because of his evocation magic subclass... He got to do burning hands for half price. Not bad. Yeah, so they stuck to that part of the rule. Well, it's good to see that they've tried to keep most of the mechanics in there mm-hmm. so far. Uh, you can romance most of the main characters. If you don't want to make your own character, you could play as one of the main companions that you have. Hmm. Maybe you start off, you could choose which one you want to play as. But I, who doesn't? If they're playing D&D, they're probably not just going to pick one of the ones that are already pre-made. Unless you're just the type of player, which I say this, and I mean no disrespect, just the type of player that likes to do the pre-rolled or the pre-generated mm-hmm. characters. I, I, I want to see somebody who's carried their original D&D character starter box to level 20. I, it's so rare to see someone get to past level 15. I want to see somebody get this OG box character uh-huh. to 20. Just, I've lived with this little dude. He got me started in the game, and they've got me all the way through. It'd be kind of nice to see. Oh, yeah. Now, they have all the lore from D&D in the game that you could imagine. And it, a few things are brought up, like in text and such, from older games. I don't know much about the older ones. I didn't play the old Baldergate games. Mm-hmm. I have found, even just in the starting area and on the Nautiloid, I've learned a lot. And you have to roll checks sometimes. I'll be walking along, and then I sudden a whole party will just get little dice over their head. And half of them say, failed perception, failed perception. I was like, well, there's something here. <laughs> uh, but my perception is pretty high, so that happens less now because I'm a cleric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just less likely to happen with me in the group. You can get pets in the first area, like uh, baby owlbears and dogs. Uh, owlbears are a little bit harder to get, and the dog's useful. Mm-hmm. Of course, like I said, you got Withers. He's kind of like a pet. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> you go to the Underdark later on. I haven't got there yet, but I see Scott and Mikey doing it, because I'm being very thorough mm-hmm. as I do this. But they just kind of... Are you going to be the type of person that does uh, all the side quests before you finish the main story? Oh, I'm going to do my best, yes. If I don't turn to an elithid first, mm. I've still got a tadpole issue. Oh, the music. We like to talk about music here occasionally. It fits. Just in the starting menu. Like mm-hmm. lately, a lot of good games. Starting menu. Like Skyrim. You know, in Fallout, you start those games. You sit in the menu. You know that music. You'll know what you're listening to and what's being played in the background. You'll have to listen to it yourself. I'm pretty sure you might have heard it by now. Okay. Your companions, as they will be in your camp, unless you run them off or something, you have Astarian, the rogue high elf. He's a very charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet him immediately uh, after you come across the tomb. It's, it's, it's a locked tomb, so you can't really get into it. Uh, you go right up a little hop, skip, and a jump away. 
the next person you encounter is Asterian. And I guess in right next to him is a bag of lockpicks. It's their way of saying, go back down here and give us a shot. Now that you got a rogue. <laughs> um, he's very witty. Likes to lie a lot, being a rogue and all, or beat around the bush. I like the whole uh, sneak attack thing. It makes my life a lot easier. Uh, then immediately after him, you come across Gale. He's a wizard human. You could choose whatever subclass in the long run for him. All these people mm-hmm. you get to level up alongside yourself, but standard right off the bat, he's a um, evocation wizard. And before that, you meet Shadowheart, which is a cleric, high elf. A lot of high elves going around. She is very mysterious in her own way. I don't have a clue what's up her sleeve right now. She's got this trinket she won't let me take a look at. Okay. I might be wrong. I think she's a trickster cleric, which might explain that. I'm going to kick her out of my party and put her back in camp. We don't need no two clerics running around. Hmm. You got Lazelle. Lazelle. I can't pronounce her. She's a Githyanki fighter. Got to meet her right off the bat. And you come across her right after you come across the other three when you're back on the ground again. And she is trapped. She is very good of a sword, being a fighter and all. And she hates everything about everyone that's not her. She keeps trying to get us to go back to her crash, which, of course, the Gith Yankee will know how to get the thing out of our heads. So it makes mm. sense that she would want to get back there. Oh, golly, she's got a bad attitude. Yeah, I've seen uh, a few TikToks about uh, her attitude. Yeah. Apparently a lot of people love her as a character, though. Oh, I should also say, I, speaking of characters, you make a guardian i think it's what it is guardian somebody who's going to look out for you and come it's like be a big plot character but they let you make them mm-hmm. uh, i haven't met mine yet but i remember making him and you can make them just like you could everything else you just can't make their class yeah or you make their character how you want to look and all that but i'm pretty sure it can go like good or bad of them judging by what mikey and them are telling me uh, but they save you when the thing is crashing but you don't know that till later so okay yeah i guess it's a little bit of a spoiler but you know they're going to show up because you made them <laughs> it's not like that big of a spoiler. Another character that you can have in your party is Carlac, a barbarian tiefling. Okay. Tiefling? Is it tiefling or tiefling? I do this every time. Like I've heard it pronounced both ways. I say just go with whatever you prefer. Okay. That means both because I'll say both. Uh, I don't know what else I could say about her. I haven't really talked to her much. You don't come across many barbarian tieflings. No, that's kind of different, but... I don't know how many clerics you come across either, but I am one. It's not really their stat strong suit, you know? Uh, nothing like a raging barbarian that has hellish rebuke. Oh, I could do that twice. Oh, no, it's one urge reaction in it. That's a pity, because I had if I had two reactions, I could cast Hellish Rebuke and, what is it, my Thunderstorm thing, whenever someone hits me as a Tempest Cleric? Yeah. That would do some good damage. Well, it gives you some options to play with. Yeah, it does. I could do either one. Which I think the Hellish Rebuke is the... I think it's once a day, and I think it is your reaction, because it happens with an attack. Yeah. So, because of the action of Hellish Rebuke, it takes a reactionary action mm-hmm. to cast it. So, as far as I know, it's just a uh, a racial feat. Mm-hmm. So, you only get to do it once a day at no cost. So, once you do it once, that's it. Okay. Well, I remember playing as one, but I haven't really had a use it, reason to use it for in this game yet. I've used it in D&D, the actual game, tabletop version. Heard that. Well, then you have Wheel, who's a warlock human. A really confident fellow. Powerful. Mm-hmm. I've seen some TikToks about Wheel. I should also say that uh, Asterion the Rogue, he's like the thirst trap that they use for all their screenshots of him and thumbnails. If you see something on YouTube about this game, it's usually going to be Asterion mm-hmm. the Rogue, looking all roguey and thirst trappy for people. Halcyon. Halcyon mm-hmm. is a druid wood elf. I haven't met that one yet, but I'm real close to them. And you got Jiraiya, a mm-hmm. druid half el- high elf, another high elf. And you got Minsk, a ranger human. I think I've met him now. Mm -hmm. I haven't done much with him yet because I took off immediately after he showed up. And the last one that I know of is uh, Metheria, a paladin drow. Mm -hmm. 
which isn't really normal, is it? At least not a good one. Dedicated to justice, eradication of evil. Okay. Yeah, Mentharia, a beacon of hope in the face of darkness is his thing. I had to get a list of all the companions because I couldn't remember any of them's names. And thankfully, the list came up with some details that since the ones I haven't met yet. As a cleric, I'm thinking I need to have a ranger, a rogue, and uh, maybe a wizard. I'm going to need more than just my cleric, but I also need to have a means of unlocking things. And for now, that's going to be my rogue Asterian until the wizard gets knocked. I don't know if clerics get knocked. Do you remember? Scott just unlocked it, but he's a wizard. I think it is on the list, but I'm not sure. I, 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 th I think but it might be one of those, like if you're a knowledge cleric and then you have access to it because of your uh, domain. Because knowledge has access to wizard spells. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about barbarians. Uh, just like D&D, you can't wear heavy armor if you're a barbarian. If you do, it... Uh, removes the benefits of your rages pretty much so it's pointless mm -hmm. to do so put some points into dexterity raise that ac up a bit mm -hmm. i haven't had a but a handful of reasons to use combat yet besides the main starting quest because it's necessity where imps are everywhere i do talk my way out of a lot i'm a high charisma cleric mm -hmm. interesting i wanted to be able to talk and you know you could stop in the middle of a cutscene. there's a attack button it will pause that and start combat immediately hmm. uh because you know you see somebody in a cutscene get ready to shoot down someone else with a crossbow or something and you're like i'd like to save that guy you could just press the attack button and it will pause everything and let you intervene somehow okay which is nice cutscene in a video game there's nothing you're going to do true you're just stuck but they give you so many options you can change the way this cutscene is going to play out ah uh, yes is always the fan favorite picking up and throwing things uh, over cliffs or shoving shoving is a great attack it's like a free thing you can do i've ran out of all options for action in a, my turn hmm. and it still has the shove option and i will just shove someone over for the fun of it or off a cliff huh. uh, you'll lose a loot that way if you can't get to the bottom it's still a quick way to fix it works yeah i've seen the, one of the latest patch notes mentioned that i don't know who this person is but people would take out one of the later bosses by just shoving him over a cliff but now the patch note said he remembers that he has magic and will just misty step back to the top hmm. i mean that's how a dnd player would handle that true like i just kind of makes me wonder just how inventive you can get in the game oh there's just so many options and that's why i'm going so slow about it because everything's going to make a difference in how it's done every choice i make is going to be carried down the road. If I make the wrong person mad, I'm stuck with that. If I mess up a whole story arc because I made someone mad, I'm stuck with that. It's kind of like Dark Souls. You you make a boo-boo, you're going to be stuck with that for a while because you've hit the wrong NPC or something. I guess I could load back. I don't like doing that so much. That's another thing about this. You can quick save before rolling the dice and just keep doing it over and over until you get what you want. feels a little cheesy. Unless it's something really big, I tend not to do that. I wouldn't want to. That's the fun of it. That's why you roll the dice. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be often that that come up on the table. Oh, I got inspiration. I didn't know they had inspiration in it. I got inspiration for finding something to do with clerics. Hmm. I've got inspiration in my video game now. Woohoo. I can roll another die again. I mean, you can get inspiration for doing actions, but doesn't? it's not the same as bardic inspiration. No, I don't have a bard yet. Um, I know it is a thing. And what is that cantrip that clerics can cast? Guidance? Mm -hmm. where I have a cleric in my party and it's not in combat or something even in combat if I wanted to use an action anytime I go to make a skill roll of any kind it has me and Shadowheart down at the bottom it says add guidance spell and you can add that to your roll just at one click before you roll the dice on anything you're doing mm. so I just click on my dice it says yes make this skill check and then I click on one of the uh, guidance spells and I get an extra 1d4 to my roll Mm -hmm. There's just so many things. And I, I might talk about this later when I finally finish the game mm -hmm. again. 
if you don't mind, because... Uh, oh, I'm down for it, man. Uh, if you want a chance to play it, since you ain't got nothing to play it on, you're welcome to go in there and give it a shot sometime. I'd like to see you play it. I bet you would have a whole lot of fun. Oh, I know for sure I would, man. Once <laughs> I finally get a chance to sit down and... Give it a shot? Oh, yeah. But no, I, since I don't know much about it, I can't keep talking about it, but I want to tell you, I can see why one game of the year, even though I love Starfield and I love Bethesda, this changes the game when it comes to storytelling and choice. I'm a big D&D fan, so it fits perfectly. I will play this game through. I'm enjoying it greatly. If you have a means of playing it, a PlayStation 5 or a PC, you can play it on M1 Macs and newer now if you want to play it on Mac. Oh, I have a Mac. I've been playing it on PC, but me and you can play together if you're ever around. Play when you get the Mac and I get the PC. Okay. Sounds good, man. Yeah. I won't play if Scott and Mikey because they, like I said, murder hobo everything, and I'm not really uh, into that. Yeah, I'm more, uh, I mean, yeah, occasional murder hobo kind of stuff happens but i've had enough of this tomfoolery time for you to die but i mean i'm more along the lines of like trying to like play like in the game in world you know like there's you know consequences to actions you know try to do the role play aspect of the game mm -hmm. that's the yeah that's the point I, they are playing as murderers um yeah. i mean it's de it dependent upon the role that you want to play but yeah. you know try to play more of the decent sane hero type not a naked woman running around murdering everybody like mikey yeah <laughs> By the end of December, it'll be out for any Xbox Series S and Series X. If you're interested in that, just wait a bit and you ain't got another way to play it. Good to hear. I might even buy it for Xbox. Thank you for listening. I've enjoyed talking and ranting about this little I've played of this game. I, I didn't think I'd ever get to talk about it until it came out on Xbox. It's a nice, nice little <laughs> surprise for me. Well, I mean, like, I was happy to hear the ramble, man. I mean, I enjoy the D&D &D stuff, video game. I mean, like, to me, Baldur's Gate's kind of like to... Uh, Kind of be the best of two worlds, almost. It is. We like video games, and we like tabletop role-playing games, and it's a mix of the both. And you get almost as many choices in this as you do in an actual tabletop game, which is what surprised me the most. I think it's what surprised everybody the most. Hmm. Just the sheer number of choices to be made. And it blows Starfield out of the water in that respect, which is not easy for me to say, but it does. Oh, well, good to hear a game that you like, man, that's one-up Starfield a little bit. It has. At least Starfield won Xbox Game of the Year, but who's surprised by that? True. Do you have anything to say before I do the... Uh, pretty much just my last words are, I recommend anyone to play the game, uh, even though I've not had a chance to play it yet. Raimi uh, definitely has been having a good time. He is not one to build a game up like this, unless he legitimately is having fun. And for any uh, tabletop enthusiast, uh, video game enthusiast, you just like playing games in general... Definitely give Baldur's Gate 3 a try. It's uh, just a good game. It was uh, made, you can tell, with a lot of love and care. And just show it some love and it'll do some to you. It certainly will. There's nude romances. <laughs> well, if you like what you heard here or you want to hear more, we have multiple episodes you can listen to. We're up on YouTube now. There will be a link tree link in the description of all these episodes, and they will take you to our socials where you can get a hold of any of us. Message on any one of them, and it will get to me or my sister or Dakota, and we all are part of the Gruesome Gaming Group. It's a podcast network where we have Leveling Duo, Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I tell my sister Beth about tabletop role-playing games. And my sister has a podcast with me called Horrific History and Hauntings. It's a podcast about exactly what's the name, Horrific History Hauntings. We have a whole lot of stuff since Halloween that's came out. The first link you come to in the link tree will be a main website link for us. It'll show all of our podcasts, 
and places to subscribe to them there if you don't want to use YouTube. There's also an option to donate to each podcast if you'd like to. We'd really appreciate it if you did. We'll give you a shout out if you do. And if you don't want us to give you a shout out, make it in the comment when you do it. But either way, it's appreciated. But don't feel obligated to do so. It's just there because they gave us the option to set it up and we did. We have set up finally to start the streaming to YouTube soon. My sister's going to start doing Sims. I am playing probably Halo with my sister because we can do that now. It took me a while to get all the stuff in. We got the PC, got the monitor, and now we're set. Good deal. Yeah. It's been months in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get ready to start and do something, something comes up and I have to get something else. It's usually how it works, man. That's yeah. life. And they're not, that's not cheap. Not cheap. <laughs> it's just hard to, I can't buy it all at once was the problem. But anyway, thank you for listening. I've been Raimi. And this has been Dakota. And you have been listening to Leveling Duo. Logging off. Logging off. Logging off.